Home is where the heart is. I think. At least that's what I've been told. That home is where the heart is. But you know what? I'm not sure how true that is. I think home is more than where the heart is. But very often, what I want to talk about and, and what I'm thinking about in terms of home is, where do you come from? How often have we heard that? Where do you come from? Where do you live? Um, where are you from? Not just where do you come from, but where are you from? Uh, which I think sometimes sounds can sound even like, where are you from? Like, which planet are you from? Have you ever used it? I've used it sarcastically. I'm going to guess others have. Like, where are you from? When someone doesn't even, you're like, wow, I thought we thought the same on some things and not so much. So where are you from is also, a, where's your home? Like, where's your brain? Where are you at? Where's your heart, right? Um, it sounds like such a simple question, uh, but it's not. It's really not. It has never been a simple question. I just think we're slowly becoming aware that the more simple we think the question is, actually, the more complicated the answer can be. So where do you come from? Where are you from? You know, meaning kind of like, where's your home? Uh, it can mean a lot of different things. It can mean where were you born? raised? Where were you educated? And, and then, of course, that answer is so much more, if I think that's what you mean, I'm going to respond, and that may not be what you meant. Um, I can remember, uh, you know, growing in school every year, the, you know, as you're growing up at the first day of school, um, in each class, the teacher would start down the attendance list and, you know, be reading names. And I can always, I always knew when she got to mine, one, because, you know, at some point, you know, your alphabet. So, you know, my last name starts with an I and I can hear going through the alphabet. But I also knew, got to my name when you say the first name and then there's, you can hear crickets. You know, while it's only five letters, it starts with a vowel, it ends with a vowel and it starts with a letter I. So I, People look at it and they don't even, I'm going to just guess. So there is the element to my name, my last name, uh, that that indicates where I'm from, potentially. Um, so where do you come from, right? Where's your home? It just was always a way to, that I, it was a reminder that, um, of, yes, I was born here in the U.S. and raised in the U.S., and yet there's so much more to me of where do I come from? It could mean, where do you pay your taxes? You know, another thing for, for me growing up at one place that we lived in New York, we had, um, we paid our taxes to the town of Blooming Grove. Our mailing address was for the town of Chester. And our phone number, it used to be that the first three digits of a phone number indicated what town you lived in. And so the first three digits of our phone number was for the town of Monroe. And then, the police that once in a while would drive through the rural neighborhood um, was from a different town. So, it, you know, the phone number, the address, where you pay your taxes and the which town police department took care of, you know, the neighborhood, all different places. So where do I come from? I don't know. Where are you from? Much bigger question, which is where's your home? And I think a lot of us struggle with where is home. Uh, often when I ask people where is home, they'll refer to, um, to a beloved. You know, you're watching this and listening to this on May 8th. 
And today happens to be 20 years ago today that uh, my beloved died. And um, he has always been my home. When someone would say, where's home? I would know it was Frank. Frank was home. And I hear a lot of those stories that whether or not they're even, even if the person is deceased or divorced or they were just, you know, soul friends kind of thing, that we think of people as home, right, as the place to go. So where do you come from can also mean what, what's the place that goes deepest inside you? Or when I hear where home is where the heart is, I, uh, uh, it, it maybe it's not always where my heart is. And, and the reason I say that is as I'm like rattling off these questions, you know, which place goes deepest with the inside you, you know, where do you pay your taxes? What's your mailing address? You know, where were you born, raised and educated? I have a different answer for every single one of those. And yet they all point to, you know, kind of where I'm from, you know, the home. Uh, many of us have had a home associated with our parents, um, as I said, or associated with partners, um, could be um, a connection to, to a place of where you would like to be, right? The place that you dream of being. Um, that may be home. You may have never even been there before, but it's a place that you dream of being. And there's a whole lot of other aspects or elements to us that make up where we quote unquote come from or home. So it's, um, you know, we spend our life taking pieces from all these different places, different relationships, different connections from dreams, you know, things that haven't even happened yet from our imagination, uh, from lived experiences. And whether or not the lived experiences are full of joy or maybe have some suffering with them, we put those together and we become this stained glass hole. We become this stained glass hole that, um, that depending on how the light strikes, you see different colors, you see different prisms, you see different reflections. And, and the same is true for every single person. Right? I look at a person and there is so much more beyond what I can see and what I can know. So home isn't really, for me, isn't really where my heart is. Home really is more like a work in progress. It's, it's more like a, a project, right? Like, like this old house. It's a project that I'm constantly having upgrades or improvements or corrections or take this down, clean out the attic, you know, or the basement or store things in this room. And, you know, it's always this work in progress. And I don't even like the word work, but it's just always, there's always something emerging. There's always evolving. There's, it's really less to do with a place of, you know, a, a piece of earth, you know, geographically, a, a piece of soil. And it really has more to do with a piece of our soul because uh, that, that's something that home is and that is always emerging. So it's really, so when I say it's a work in progress, it's less about home, the noun, and more about homecoming. It's more about a homecoming because it's always moving. It's always emerging. It's always unfolding because we are, 
right? So when someone asks me, you know, where's your home or where do you come from? Um, I still think of Frank and I think of so much more. Um, you know, when people say, well, where did you grow up? And I want to go, well, what year are you talking about? You know, what grade are you referring to? You know, or I'll somewhere in the middle of a conversation with someone, I'll just throw something out about, you know, time in Afghanistan or in Kenya. And I keep going and they they stop me and go, wait, 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 back up. And then they want to hear more of the story. That's like, that's a homecoming. Right. I'm telling you a piece of me um, and and um, more of me is emerging. Right. More of these facets of who I am. So where do I come from? Where am I from is really more about me, my identity and how I've become this stained glass piece of art that's always, um, you know, emerging, always kind of adding some pieces and different colors. It really got very clear for me about um, maybe about four or five years ago, about five years ago, um, I found myself, um, very long story, but without a home, the physical, right? How often do we think about home as the building, right? The three bedrooms, two and a half baths, et cetera, et cetera, or studio apartment or, you know, your tiny home, right? How often do we think about the structure itself? Um, as the home, but I found myself houseless. And I don't use the word homeless because I don't think that anybody is homeless. I use the word houseless. Even someone that is sleeping on the streets underneath the bridge, you know, near the highways, you know, wherever, not in a structure, uh, may not own something or rent a place, have a roof over their head. It doesn't mean they're homeless because there's a whole lot more to that person than you can ever know, right? Where do you come from? So it was really hard three years and not, you know, everything you own is in storage um, and you learn to let go. And what I discovered was that, um, that when someone would say, where do you live? I, you know, there's, um, well, where am I? Right. That would be my response, wherever I happen to be standing, wherever I happen to be sitting, you know, because I couldn't point to a literal physical construction. So my home really was whatever I carried around inside me. It wasn't necessarily where my heart was, but it's what I carried around inside me. And it really became something incredibly liberating, not always easy, but very liberating because um because it's homecoming, right? It's this something that's emerging, something that's, you know, I'm on this journey. Um, it's not just the place where I happen to be born, but it's the place or places within me and outside of me where I continue to become myself. So home is so much more than where the heart is. Um, it's so much more than where the heart is. It's the homecoming. Right. Home is the homecoming, coming to home. Home is not just the place where I might sleep. It's not just the place where that, you know, um, uh, where I'm most comfortable. It may not even be the place that I say, you know, I have this sense of belonging. I might, I might not, but it's the coming home. I'm just encouraging you to define home in the way that works for you. 
I've had to, you know, the term is decolonize, right? I've had to decolonize my thinking and my brain and my body because we have a culture that says home looks a particular way. It's a structure, right? It's a building um, or a tiny home or, but home is not that. It might include it, but that is not home. So that's my invitation is to think of home is more than where the heart is, but it's about coming home. And I don't think coming home, it's not a final destination either. Uh, that coming home is just this eternal place, you know, within myself, within the company of others. Um, when I have a sense of my own wholeness, when I'm having a sense of being broken or fractured, um, sometimes it's a place of comfort. Sometimes it's a place of rest. Um, other times it's a place where I'm challenged. Other times home, coming home is the place that grows my edges, right? The most difficult people in my life are my master teachers. They are my coming home. Like they set my very last nerve on edge, right? Sometimes home is where I go to fall apart, to grieve, to mourn, right? Sometimes coming home brings me new awareness, some insight, expands my capacity to meet what life brings me. That's what coming home is, expanding my ability to meet whatever life brings. Not everything in my life did I create, right? We do this collectively. And there's a lot of things in life that go on outside my control that just suck. Missing Frank today, 20 years has gone by. It just sucks. And it's the place of coming home for me. It's the place that I meet what life brought me. So what does coming home mean to you? I wanna tell you about seven different homecomings, just very briefly, and then we're gonna move into a meditation to invite you to look at what coming home means to you. The first is guides, right? We have guides, we all have guides. Um, they're like teachers or mentors, right? That might be, that are probably further along this path of coming home than I am. They're the teachers I have of wholeness, of racial and social justice. They're the teachers I have that point out, you know, can witness my whiteness and help me see my whiteness so that I can move through the world doing less harm. They're my teachers that help me understand compassion and encourage me to practice. And what does that mean? Because it's not a feeling, it's a way of being. They're my teachers that, and mentors and guides that just, you know, help that support me and further me along in my journey of healing and my journey of liberation. They bring me home to, to encouraging my growth. They see me. Do you have someone in your life that sees you, that really doesn't have to say much? You don't have to say much. And you can see them. They see you. They see right into you. And they love you. They support you. You know you know beyond a shadow of a doubt, they have your back. You know that. They give you a fuller picture of you, a much fuller perspective, a, a really expanded view of yourself that at times you probably can't even see. 
And all of it, the good, the bad, the ugly, the messed up, the broken, they can help you see all of it and make that part of coming home. Wisdom texts. And I use the word wisdom loosely because you know what? Sometimes there's books and magazines and TV shows that that I return to that um, they, any kind of media that brings us home, that um, that gives us that gives me a sense of maybe laughter. Right. Just like one of my favorites piece of text comes from um, the movie Steel Magnolias. And um, it's the scene, um, there's a scene in there where um, um, Sally feel like people are, are crying and then someone makes a joke and Dolly Parton says, you know, laughter through tears is my favorite emotion. That is one of, that's a sacred text for me. That's a wisdom text because it reminds me of what's emerging. It reminds me that I can hold this expanded view of the world. It's not an either or that, you know, the tears are from pain and suffering. And it doesn't mean that there isn't laughter or joy with that as well, because my joys and my sufferings are my wholeness. So for some people, the wisdom texts are scripture. It could be Hebrew Testament, it could be Christian Testament. It could be the um, um, any of the sutras, right? The Dhammapadas, it could be, anything. Mark Nepo, the writer Mark Nepo, his writings are wisdom texts for me. There's aspects that he, that he, things he says that remind me, oh, okay, yeah, I feel supported. I can know myself in, in, you know, countless ways through some of, some of these wisdom texts. Come home to myself. Our community. The guides, your guides are part of your community. But, and by community, I don't necessarily mean your church or your spiritual community. I am talking about the people that you're with. Um, uh, and they may not even be people you're with day to day, um, but it's a family of choice. It's your relationships, relationships that you've cultivated, um, people that are moving, you know, kind of walking each other home, right? Moving side by side through the world. So I know I'm not alone. Um, it could be friends. It could be, you know, I, Reverend Ogan and I refer to each other as, you know, partners in crime and consciousness. Um, he's, you know, a co-conspirator, part of my community. Um, it is, can be family, whether it's family of choice or, you know, family of origin. It can certainly be your spiritual community. It can be people at work. It could be your best friends, whatever group, but people that are radically honest with you and can, you know, and who you can be fully messy with. That's community. That's a homecoming. One of my favorite homecomings is my ancestors, right? For many white people, um, there's a huge disconnection to ancestors. Um, I have spent the last several years claiming, reclaiming my ancestry. I have an indigenous ancestry. And, but for the, you know, but really I was raised and socialized and moved through the world as a white body. Um, but by, by going back and connecting to my ancestors, I just expand this, you know, this more of me, I know more of me and I, I know more of my home, you know, and looking at that lineage, whatever that is, um, European, African, Caribbean, you know, Asian, whatever that ancestry is, 
they, you know, those that have come before you have instilled compassion, they've instilled, you know, determination, they've instilled love of reading or education, they've instilled your stubbornness, you know, or your creativity, the things about you that are you, that are fabulous, and yes, stubbornness can be fabulous, um, is a coming home, your love of nature, creativity, right, your ancestors, so connecting to that, coming home to those that came before you that are part of who you are. Earth is, um, you know, is a homecoming. Knowing my connection to earth, knowing I grew up out of earth, you know, being able to be out in the dirt and the water and connecting to a, to my itty bitty little insignificant self is part of this gigantic planet, this earth that's impermanent. Right. But there's also a steadiness and a grounding to it. But recognizing my love and respect for where I come from. Right. There's one of those. Where do you come from? Earth. Right. At some point, I grew up out of earth. Wasn't sort of plopped down. Coming home to silence. Right. That's one of these homecomings is silence. First time I went on a silent retreat, I thought I was going to lose my mind. I couldn't believe the amount of noise. I couldn't believe how not silent it was. But in time, I've learned to be comfortable with the silence. I've learned to be comfortable with the quiet, right? I've, I've learned to use the silence as coming home, right? Anybody move through their day and get, you know, arg moments? And sometimes it's 30 seconds, sometimes it's 30 minutes. And it can happen anywhere, at any time, with people, with traffic, with with uh, pick something, right? I call them arg moments. I, I can pause, I can stop. I can come home to silence. I can momentarily disconnect from what's going on around me and then re-engage. And when I re-engage, I re-engage from, from me, from home, right? So silence is a homecoming. And then finally, myself. How do I welcome myself home? All of these homecomings welcome myself more fully to myself. There's all these elements and facets of our identity. I haven't even touched on them all, but these are all ways of coming home. You know, what helps you come home? Home is so much more than where the heart is. When I'm supported by all these homecomings, I, I more easily show up as this fully human, fully divine Kelly. I'm messy. I'm beautiful. I'm in process. I make mistakes. I'm cranky. I'm loving. I'm hopeful. I'm hopeless. And everything in between. That's what coming home is, is just embrace myself fully as imperfectly as I am. Right, that's coming home and not with rose colored glasses, but really, you know, coming home to all that is. And so the next time you, you see someone that you don't know or you're meeting someone, if you find yourself thinking, where do you come from, you know, right? Or where were you born or where's your home? Pause for a moment. Maybe ask it a little different way, right? Ask it in a, in a way that um, embodies coming home. So let's take this into meditation. 
If you're comfortable, you can close your outer eyes. Or you can just lower your gaze, maybe find something in front of you that, that you can just have a soft gaze with. So take a breath in and an exhale. And another one, inhale and exhale. So let's let's start with contemplating the first homecoming of the guide. So reflect on anyone who has been a guide, a teacher, an advisor, an elder. This is not a Rolodex the brain. This is just what emerges, what faces come to mind, what beings in your life have you gone to for guidance and support? And as you see a face emerge, just invite them into the space. Invite them to gather around you in a circle and just say, welcome. Relax, inhale, exhale, and come home to being held by your guides. So we move to the next homecoming, the wisdom texts. What quotes, artistic expression, Maybe a song, sacred scripture, any kind of writing that has helped you experience clarity, love, compassion. And if you find a whole lot of things moving through your brain of wisdom texts, just pick one. Can't get it wrong. And just invite the essence of those texts into the space. Imagine that they're actually present with you. And say, welcome. Relax, inhale. And exhale. Come home to being held by your wisdom texts. And our third homecoming is community. What groups, what spaces, where do you experience love or the feeling of acceptance and support? Also, what communities or groups where you feel as if you can love and return that back to others? Where do you feel safe to love? Invite that community or group into this space 
say welcome, relax, inhale, and exhale. As you come home to being held by the community. And the next homecoming is your ancestor. Know that your ancestors have wanted just the best for you, wanting you to be happy, wanting you to be safe. You don't even have to know who they are. All you have to do is contemplate that there has been a familial lineage. So invite those beings into this circle. You don't have to know their names, what they look like. And maybe there's some lineages that you feel connected to of a spiritual tradition, or maybe a tradition of art. So invite that lineage into the circle. Always remembering that you are in the process of becoming an ancestor as well. Relax, inhale, exhale, and come home to being held by the ancestors. Our next homecoming is Earth. Earth sustains life and the lives of countless beings, countless life forms. So bring to life the energy of Earth, which is stability, foundation. Earth is the ground of your experience. Coming home to earth means touching it, acknowledging it, surrendering to it, and allowing it to hold you. Invite the energy of earth into your circle and say welcome. Relax, inhale, Exhale and come home to being held by Earth. Our next hom homecoming is silence. Reflect for a moment on how important it is to lean into silence, to pause and allow it to hold you. that you can return to it at any time. You can embrace silence as a friend, as a lover that is invested in your health, invested in your well-being. When you want to have the silence come home, you can do a gentle shh. Just gently shh. 
allowing the silence to be present. And we invite it into the circle, inhaling and exhaling. As you come home to being held by the silence. And then finally, our last homecoming is yourself. Reflect on your experiences of your mind, of your body. Every moment in your life is valuable, is important, is crucial. Invite all the parts. You don't have to name them all, just simply from the heart, say, I welcome all parts of myself into my awareness, into the circle. Including the parts of yourself that you may think are too ugly or too overwhelming, or you think just don't belong. To embrace ourselves as a homecoming means that we make sure that we are showing up to being held by the other homecomings. Accept that you are present. Accept that. Say welcome to yourself. Relax. Inhale. Exhale and come home to yourself. Embrace all of your homecomings. Draw inspiration. Open yourself, be more vulnerable. Remember that earth is always under your feet. There's always silence offering you space to be with yourself. Your guides, your communities, your ancestors, your lineages bring only goodness. And then finally, there is yourself being held in this circle of care. We relax, we inhale, and we exhale one more time and say amen and amen.